Hey everybody, you're listening to Big Things with Zach Miko, and on today's episode, I sit down with actress and model, Jonna Capone. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the theme song. All right, and welcome everyone to Big Things with Zach Miko. As always, I am your host, Zach Miko. Thank you for coming back each and every week. Happy March, everybody. I think this is the first March episode. Um, maybe it's not. Maybe I released one in March already. I don't know how dates work. Tomorrow's the 11th, so I guess I did. Uh, happy second time in March, everybody. Uh, <laughs> we have St. Patrick's Day coming up this week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Everyone should go out enjoy stay safe um i'm gonna be celebrating st patrick's day fun i'm gonna go on friday night see the rugby united uh new york game my good buddy matt work and plays for them and then every uh st patrick's day we have on the on sunday we have an annual poker game so we're all gonna get together drink whiskey play poker make mistakes it's gonna be fun uh the mistakes are always financial, though, so don't worry, everybody. We have a great show for you today. I sat down with actress and model Jonna Capone, everybody. You might know her better as Curvy Capone on the Instagrams, but we sat down and we have an amazing talk about life and modeling, and we have, like, a Massachusetts connection, we found out, which is always fun. Um, it's going to be a great, great time. I, she was really lovely, guys. I had a great time talking to her. And it was one of those weird situations. It's really funny in the body positivity and plus modeling community. We all know each other. We all know who each other are. But sometimes we haven't met. And you don't realize we haven't met. So when I like showed up to record, she was like, oh, it's so good to meet you. And I was like, oh, yeah. I guess we have never actually met in person. It's so weird because we feel there's such this like camaraderie in our community that you just walk up and you hug each other like you haven't seen each other in years. But it turns out you haven't seen each other ever. It's really fun, <laughs> but you know, that's the way it works. We're internet friends who become real life friends. And we had a great, great, great discussion on body positivity and growing up and you know, life in general. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, my interview with Jonna Capone. Ladies and gentlemen, I am sitting here with model, actress, badass, Jonna Capone, everybody. <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you? You guys might know her as Curvy Capone on her... Uh, we were just actually having a discussion off mic about how people are sometimes known as their Instagram handle yeah, rather the than time. their actual name, which is always interesting. <laughs> all the time, especially since mine is not like any part to do except my last name yeah so people will just say curvy and it, it throws me off every time because i'm like because it's a descriptor i'm like i'm 
yeah, thank you. Like I am that, but yeah, exactly. But thank you. Okay. No, it's it's like what we were talking about with um, uh, Stephanie Malik slash Bella Bombshell that everyone just walks up and they're like, oh Bella, and I'm like, yeah. all right, well that's a name, it's a persona. Right. Curvy's just a random a adjective. Right. It's a adjective. I'm like okay with being associated with it. Yeah, yeah, totally. But I was definitely like, it just takes me a minute to be like. Mm-hmm. I know. What? Okay. And then they add my last name and I'm like, oh yeah, that is. That yeah. makes more That makes way sense. more sense. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so let, I don't know. Let's start from the very beginning. Where are you from? Uh, so I actually grew up in Massachusetts, just outside Where? of Boston. Where? So I was born in Wista Hospital. Okay. Um, And uh, we grew up just around that area and then we moved into a small we moved into a small town called Oakham. Okay. And it's um we had a beautiful house there. My mom like my dad built the house there and it was absolutely gorgeous. And we were there for about 13, 14 years. Nice. And then my um, family it, my my mom's family is from Medford. Oh Medford, yes. So I know. I yeah. know very well. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then my because my my mom my dad grew up in Revia. Okay. In Boston, Revia. And then um which is how they will that's how my mother speaks like my I mom. know oh no that's how my my mom's lived in Connecticut now for I don't know 36 years or something <laughs> like that but she's still I mean it's I feel like the Boston accent is pretty permanent it's it's <laughs> I'm shocked that my sister and I don't have it now when I it's funny because people who know me really well they when I get angry mm-hmm. it they're they're like oh Same. she's actually angry because you can hear it. I'm like what are you talking about and they're like oh, okay okay like the Boston accent comes out yeah no like I that. do the same thing and I'm not even from Boston <laughs> I'm from Connecticut but it's just because it's, I grew up hearing my mom yell that way right exactly so I've associated exactly. it with anger <laughs> exactly I can't remember what happened but um, something something happened at my old building and the firefighters were there there mm-hmm. wasn't any big thing. But they like broke the front door and mm. I was like walking downstairs and I saw that they had broken it. And I just turned to my wife. I'm like, fucking fireman. fireman. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> there I was it like, is. oh, no, it's she's like, there what did you say? What, what was and I'm that? like, I don't know. It's it's in there. Yeah. When it comes out, people are like, what word was that? I'm like, it's a Boston thing. And then well, I do my my friends in college. I would let them listen to my voice, my mom's voicemails. Oh man! Because she would leave these voicemails like your father's just here, and <laughs> blah, 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 and I would play it back for them. And then when they would meet meet her, they were like, "Oh my god, you weren't kidding! Like, she really speaks like that." I was like, "Yeah, we grew up." Yeah. yeah. That's, oh no, that's, that's that's the accent. How they speak. People always think it's like a made up thing from right. the departed, right. and you're like, "No, that's how they all <laughs> talk." You're like the re- they're like oh but they're making it up and I'm like oh, no. no I was like Matt David Mark Wahlberg they're all from there that's just <laughs> how they they're talk. just talking the way they want just talking the way and you go to any like if I would bring friends to games or anything or Boston they would be like oh my god this is I'm like yeah it's a real it's a yeah. real thing so I grew up I grew up in that area um, and then we ended up moving to Asheville North Carolina big change very big change but i'm very grateful for picking Asheville of all places mm-hmm. it's really different now um my family's now lived there for the past like eight years ten yeah. years now um and when we first moved the idea of moving from massachusetts to north carolina um you know north to south was really kind of our first experience there's still a, a walk. stigma it's, there there definitely no. yeah, yeah. is my there wife's from georgia is. and it's like there every now and then we hit like like a crossroads in opinions yep. where you're like, Ooh, Ooh like, mm. but we, our first experience there was, was, um, a waffle house. And we Beautiful. went to the waffle <laughs> house 
and I just remember the biggest the biggest change for me was um, the pace. It wasn't really even about you know idealistic you know like any kind of differences. It yeah. was really about you know we went in there and we we ordered and we got you know all the yeah. stuff. And here she, and this woman just came up and was like, "How are y'all doing?" And I was like, "Oh my god, where what have we done?" It is <laughs> like, it, it is like, a real thing. Wow. It drives me. Up the wall. I have such a hard like when I go down and visit my in-laws. I have such a hard time, like stepping back mm-hmm. and remembering because it's not even just like because I'm from Connecticut. It's like being from New York is like a hyper thing. Right. But in general, the Northeast is also quick. Is also like yeah. from Philly mm-hmm. upwards, we're all kind of like, like in that cool. fast. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I, I just I remember just anywhere I drive or anywhere I'd walk, I would get so mad at people, <laughs> yeah. and I would just be like. <sighs> These people have to have somewhere they need to right. be. Why they're just strolling? You just, they have nowhere to go. No, right. They've allotted three hours <laughs> right. to get to where they need to go. It drives right. me insane. And I'm like, please move faster. Like I just, I need you to move. I, <laughs> me, me, my wife, um, my mother-in-law, and her boyfriend. Um, they, we went to Publix, which is a yep. chain mm-hmm. of grocery stores mm-hmm. in the good south. That's very good. Yeah. Um, and they have they make good subs. They everyone down south really likes the fact that you can get a sub from Publix. Yep. <laughs> In the Northeast, you would never go to a grocery store no. to get a sub. Right, right. But, but but okay, we'll go. Right. And we ordered three sandwiches. I had a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife had a sandwich, and my mother-in-law and her boyfriend split a sandwich. And it took us 25 minutes to get those three sandwiches. Mm-hmm. And I was losing yeah. it. I was like, yeah. this can't be. And then, like, after after it took him, like, 15 minutes to make the first two sandwiches, like, right. super slowly, it became time for, like, my mother-in-law. And she's like, well, what do you guys have? And I'm like, what have you been what doing? <laughs> like, what do where, you mean? Where what have you been? You, I know. What do you mean, what have you have? <laughs> have you not seen him? The menu's printed above us. Oh, I just, it, it always, but it's a, it's true. It's a different, also, also just the general small talk is something, again, as yeah. a Northeasterner, cannot take. Right, but. and I've noticed especially, you know, my, my mom has kind of stayed in the, the New England, always cordial, always nice, but in that kind of almost boundary level. Yeah. My dad however has enjoyed immensely the waving to everyone thing like it's like i i don't know what that is we it's something that as, as i've gotten older and i go back home and i visit everywhere we go my dad just waving at people and people are waving back i mean it's not yeah. like he's just a crazy person waving people are waving back and i'm like do you know him no 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 not at I'm all i'm like why just have a good day. I'm like, what and that's day? the thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, who who are these people? It's like it's a thing here. We just people just wave. We were trying to tell like <laughs> my wife, and she was like, because she would stop and talk to anybody, right, right? And I was just like, do you know them? She's like, not really. Or also, it amazes me how many people down south know somebody from their elementary yes. school. They're like, we were yes. in fourth grade together. I was yes. like, I have no idea who I was in fourth grade with. I don't. I can maybe name two, right? But I have no idea. Right. And she's like, well, you guys just ignore each other when you walk by. And you're like, no, 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 New Englanders, we do this like slight little head nod yeah, thing. Yeah. We like make eye contact, yeah. do a quick little nod. And all that is is acknowledging that you're a human being and we're walking past <laughs> right. each other. But we don't need to do we anything need, else. There's nothing past there. And another thing that we're really good at is if you do see someone you actually know. Right. Is saying hi, 
but never breaking pace as you pass each other. <laughs> You're just like, oh my god, hey, well, yeah. ooh, I gotta go. Sad. See you later. Bye. Every everywhere I go, every yeah. friend that I've walked into or passed by, I'm like, okay, go, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm on my way somewhere. Oh, it's so good to see you. See you later. Even if I'm on my way nowhere, I'm just like, no. I also I was talking about this last night. I went to see um, my sisters in a show, and we had a bunch of friends that went to see it, and we waited to say goodbye until we knew the exact point we were walking opposite ways because I even told them, I was just like, do you know how many times I've walked in the opposite, like nowhere near where I need to go just because the other person's (laughs) going to walk that way. And I'm like, no, 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 we're done talking. (laughs) How many times I've waited like, Oh, they're going to take the same subway or they're going to take the same route or wherever. And I'm like, okay, I need to wait like a good, yeah. like I could go pick something up. All right, go, go, go I'll pick something totally, up. Totally. Like I will make stuff up. I was just like, Absolutely. nope, we are finished. I've said I goodbye. Have a, I have a theory that it's because, and I think my sister told me this one time that she was like, well, New Englanders are just, we're too cold. Like we're just all like, just you know, weird sounds <laughs> telling me whoever Jamie Kate is. Happy Hello, birthday. Happy birthday to Jamie <laughs> Kate. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if that sound <laughs> pops up. Just in case it didn't pop up, my computer every now and goes to let me know that it's someone's, someone's birthday. birthday. So happy birthday to yeah. you. But we ha- she has this theory too that she told me that everyone in New England is just too cold. Like we're just, we're all just preparing for cold all the time. <laughs> so she's like, it's fine. Like we just have to coordinate around the cold. And yeah. like n- people in the South like just don't have to do that as often. I and think so we just know that there's lean times. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, no, no, like no, 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 we're preparing, we're preparing. And so we just like move around each other. I was like, yeah, that's good. But, yeah. but I mean, either way, that was the, I mean, living in North Carolina was an excellent, I mean, amazing arts programs and amazing things that yeah. really surprised me. Um, so it was a lot. Well, how old easier. were you when you moved there? When I moved there, I was going so so school is a little different there. So yeah. I would have been um, I was in middle school in uh, North Carolina. So I was doing eighth grade. Okay. So in Massachusetts, they have like a, a it's sort of a little bit different. They do, I think, elementary school up to like sixth grade. Yeah. And then seventh and eighth is separate. Yep, that's and what then we ninth did. through yeah, and then but in North Carolina. They do um, elementary school, uh, f- kindergarten to fifth, Kay. and then sixth through eighth is middle school, yeah. and then ninth through twelfth is high school. So cool. when I was, you know, there, I had already like I was like, you know, eighth grade, thinking I was already, you know, I know. Eighth, the, eighth grade is when you start thinking you're an thing. adult you're like, oh, for some reason. I'm awesome. I'm, yeah, I know. It's like every <laughs> eighth grade. You're like 13, 14, and you're like, like I'm totally an adult. I got this. So yeah. many. Um, but, and then you become an adult, and you're like, God, I wish I was 13 again for a second. Um, but they uh, they separated that way. And so when we were, I was going into eighth grade um, there, and yeah, it was it was a, a really great area to, to kind of transition to because I was yeah. really worried my idea of North Carolina, you know, was, and the South in general was like, am I going to go into this small town with like one stoplight or like, am yeah. I going to, you know, from the, Massachusetts, the, the difference, really. especially like growing up in the Northeast, the way we thought of the South, South. our whole life right, is right. always like very standoffish and very right. like, no, this is still, you, you guys were the bad guys. And it's like, right, they right, right. and we know that when you're not anymore and right. we all have family down South, but there's still that like little bit ingrained yeah. in you. Cause like, especially being from Massachusetts, you are as like Yankee as Yankee it's, gets. It's it is where it all started. It's <laughs> like every time I go back to visit, it's like, 
I'm standing on the brick that Paul Revere's horse exactly. stood on that he may have yep. that they've imprinted and that you can see like the hooves of, of whatever animal. Like it's like everywhere you go, there's yeah, some it's so history of, like it's of so like the history. founding of our country, yeah. which is funny because, you know, Georgia was like my wife's from Georgia. The Carolinas and Georgia were also part right, of the original 13 right. colonies. But as as Northerners, we refused to admit that. We're like, no, no, no. no. We're you like, were you, guys, you counted, I guess. You were I there. But no, it really was an easier transition um, that I'm very grateful for because it kind of it really helped in understanding both kind of sides of, of people and totally. like different different from the north to the south and um finding people who did only come from a, a small town with one stoplight yeah. to people who live in places like my Charlotte. Wife's, my wife's you know? town has maybe a thousand people. Right. Maybe they right. have like two scripts, two strip clubs and an RV. Right. It's like, it's like, okay, great. And get a sandwich and we're good. But yeah. they, um, but, but to see people that came from all sorts of backgrounds, like it just changed my perspective on, on people. And then, um, especially, going into the arts and doing what I was doing really yeah. helped with a lot of even character development. And people always ask me, you know, like we said, why don't you have the accent or why don't you, you know, have a, have that stronger New England thing. And when I first moved there, I did. I mean, yeah. and if I go back and, you know, hang out people from Massachusetts, it comes back really strongly, but I'm super quickly so happy that I didn't get it in a lot of ways because it's helped me, you know, speak in, in, in across lines, if you will, of people from, yeah. like, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, I'm from Boston. And they don't ever, you know, they're like, what? I like, know. How, what do you mean? Do you know Mark Wahlberg? Like, do you know Matt Damon? Do you know? And I'm like, no, like, that's not just the only idea or the concept that you I used have. to say that, but like, like what I tell my parent, like that my mom's from Boston, they would ask the same thing for them. It's always the Wahlbergs for Oh, some it's always reason. the Wahlbergs. Not Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. It's always the Wahlbergs. And now that I live in know. New York, which is so funny, they people start asking me if I've been to Wahlbergers, like their burger joint. Have, have you? Out of I curiosity? Did. I did. It's I real went, good. It's real. Like, <laughs> very proud of them i had one i had one recently i was at a bar trivia on the upper east side somewhere and the bar didn't serve food but they're like yeah order whatever you want so of course we like open up grubhub and the first thing that pops up is there's a Wahlburgers on the corner i was like let's get it this is great this is a perfect thing yeah it's funny yeah my my um uncle so my uncle's a priest and Mm. the Wahlbergs were in his parish so like we actually do (laughs) have like this weird Wahlberg weird connection connection somehow and um my uncle hated them oh because you know it was back then it was like Back at like Marky Mark and whatnot, like they were like oh, bad yeah. kids. Yeah. I mean, it was pre-Marky Mark, right. so it's like what led up to, to the Marky the Mark. Mark. Yeah, so they yeah, were yeah. like the bad kids, right? And like right. my like uncle attending. hated them. <laughs> I mean, he didn't hate anybody, but he totally and did. Now he enjoys their burgers. It's yeah, like, I actually would love to ask him about that. Like, have you had? Have had one? <laughs> apparently, that's like the biggest thing for like Mark Wahlberg is they've made more money <laughs> off of that burger chain than he's ever made off of any movies right. he's like right. just capitalized on it yeah it's hard i mean there's locations everywhere like there's I went one to in a coney, coney island i, I yeah, went to yeah. the coney island one with my friends and we were all like and they have and it's nice like you walk yeah. in and there's like a rooftop area so you're overlooking like the pier and i will I probably like, okay. go there this weekend to be honest yeah the I mean, um the new york rugby team is playing their first home game and they play at the coney island stadium yep and i'll probably eat a wall burger so while i'm down there <laughs> Enjoy it. Thank you, Marky Mark. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that it was really important to my parents, too, that we found a place that was not going to, going to be such a culture shock. Totally. Um, because then when I went to school, I went to school. I started in North Carolina in a private school. I have a crazy 
education story, but I but I started in a private school, and then they cut our program, and I went in for a. Um, I got a full ride for vocal. This was in um, uh, in North Carolina. In, in but college. Yeah, for yeah, college. Yeah, yeah. So like, I went to went to middle school and high school in North Carolina, and then um, had a great, amazing arts program. Yeah, loved it. Got into arts there. I was. It was a choice between the so- between soccer and arts because they were the same schedule, <laughs> and I played soccer growing up. And the soccer coach came to me and was like, we need, like, we need a that's soccer That's so person. funny that that's exactly, I feel like most theater kids had to yes. make, like, a weird a school. Because for me, it was school. the same thing. They mm-hmm. wanted me to, I didn't even, I hated it, but they wanted me to play basketball because I was tall. Right. But I didn't, I was terrible. I didn't right. know how. And I told them no. And then the same thing, just because I was big, they wanted me to do track, but they wanted me to do, like, shot put and javelin. Right. Because they're like, you could throw something pretty far. Right. You're a big dude. And I was like, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I mean, but great. I was like they I was just like really tall and always I've always been a full figured person and yeah. so they were like we need a goalie like a really good goalie to and I'm like are you telling me I could like I'm just because so I can block stuff like yeah. is that what you're like explaining to me but but the season for soccer and the season for theater conflicted and yeah. my theater teacher came up to me and was like please dear god like we really want you to do this like please don't choose soccer and so I ended up choosing the theater schedule and I was in every single show and did all that and then when I went into college um I did like a private uh, college and then they cut our program. And so we moved to, that's nuts. it that, was nuts. The exact same thing happened to me, by yeah. the way. I was in that's a, I was in a private school that when I was, um, when I auditioned for the school, I was told that it was a BFA in theater. Mm-hmm. When I arrived at the school, they told me it was a BA in theater. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that's a little annoying. Um, cause it is less, you know, classes. And I was like, not a big deal. And then my sophomore year, it became a degree in communications with a concentration Ooh. in performing arts. And that's when I left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I, we. What school up, was this? The private one? The private one was in North Carolina. It was called Catawba College. Okay. And um, they had an excellent you know, you know, music program. But they we had a we had a professor there who basically, um, he gave me a full ride and was, was this cr- incredibly eccentric and... Um, brilliant man and then we when they cut our program they actually end he actually was like screw all of you i'm taking all my students yeah and so he took he invited 30 of his private students to go to a college in kentucky okay called uh kentucky wesleyan and they were they were also private are they um affiliated with wesleyan in connecticut there i i don't i don't know all the wesleyans i feel like yeah are all buddies, but probably, yeah, probably in some way. Um, but they, so we went there and they were starting like a new program there and um, like an opera classic music program. And they had two, I think at the time, two voice majors mm-hmm. and we brought over 30, 30, 40 voice majors <laughs> and um, we just started the program. So yeah. we were, we were like touring everywhere, recruiting everybody, doing all the stuff for the first like year or two years of my, you know, career in college career. And, um, they that was a that was also a culture shock. I mean, that was yeah. even that was even more, if you will, kind of in the south where I was like, oh you're going into you're going from like regular like class not I don't want to say classy south, right, right, but like the like classic south yeah. into like Appalachia, yeah, and changes yeah. things. And it was and I you know for me some of the people that he brought over never came to see the school. Like they they just trusted they just. Kate. You're like cool, yeah. It'll work, and, and then it'll work. And where I in went Kentucky was it? It's a place called Owensboro, Kentucky. Okay. And it's actually again before I left um, 
they just did like all these renovations and these brand new things. And I'm, I want to go back just to see how it is because yeah. they had a gorgeous, um, you know, theater center and all sorts of stuff there too, which was really, really nice and kind of how it got. But that was another culture shock too of like, and then I came to New York. So yeah, it was like, no, you're just jumping all just over the place. Jumping all over. I love Kentucky. I, I've only been a couple times. So I used to do children's theater. Mm. And when I was on tour, we'd go to Kentucky. Louisville's great. And oh, no, I know we didn't get to go to those places. We oh. were, <laughs> it was, every time I mention like states I've been to and people are like, oh, oh Louisville's nice. I'm like, I'm, I'm sure it is. Sure it is. Like, same thing. Like I've been in Tennessee a thousand times. They're like, oh, I love Nashville. I was like, never close. No I was idea like, what you're talking the, about. We, we did all like rural like student mm-hmm, population. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we were just in the middle of nowhere. And I just remember being in Kentucky and it was wherever we were was so beautiful. Yeah. It was just like rolling hills and it farms. It is beautiful. And we're like, where are we? This is crazy. And we're driving like the tour van up and like through this looking for this school. And we get up and I remember the sun was rising because we had to get up crazy early and we're going and I'm like, this is so beautiful. This is crazy. And then I got to the top of the hill and there was like a cow just standing there. (laughs) Like with the sun rising Just behind perfect. it. And I'm like, what is this? And then I swear to God, the cow like smiled at me. And I'm like, I guess we're not leaving. I guess, I guess this, this is, is where we're staying. I was yeah. like, I'm going to get a horse and a dog. Yep. And this is where I'm going to live. And I'm going to have a fence and we're going to be, this is where I am. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's no, beautiful. It's, it is nuts. It's really beautiful. But again, it's even, if, if you can believe it, the pace is even slower. Oh, I know. And, and it's something that um, I was just, and especially art students. I mean, we basically brought people some some of the kids there had never seen a black person yeah. or had never seen a gay person dude it's crazy. and i was like what well, and you like forget we how brought, we brought all of our like all yeah. of our kids who were were black you know gay you know straight white all different backgrounds like people yeah. that we just aren't we were used to kind you of forget having. how much this country like divides itself into these little pockets that yeah. don't know others thing like we did the same thing so we toured I worked with this one company called Project Educational Theater. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing company. And we always toured like the South and like Appalachia. Like yeah. we only toured that area. And these, it was the same thing. These yeah. kids had never seen anything like this. They hadn't seen theater before. They had no idea the words to use right. for theater. So after we did it, so many people were just like, oh, we really liked your movie. Right. Thanks for showing us that video. And we're like, we were doing it. It wasn't like they had no idea that it was even like a thing. Right. Right. And you forget that like, because I think I always have to like kind of check in myself, Mm -hmm. especially coming from like the liberal Northeast and then living in the New York City, the center of the country culturally. Right. And I'm like, I always forget that like. You have to. Yeah. You have to really check yourself. And I and I I've found myself kind of being in situations even when I go back home that I, I don't, I don't kind of do that. Like I'll just be, you know, I'm hanging out or doing whatever. And then you realize that there are people that may be very uncomfortable or people that are like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean you don't, you know? And I have to step back and be like, Oh, every now and then they'll say something. I can't remember who I was with. I was with one of my wife's friends and we were all hanging out and, uh, she turned around or this was like a mutual, this wasn't one of her close friends. This was like, we were in a large group and there were some people and like we were at a bar and she turned around and she like looked at the people behind her and she was like, well, they're a bit much, aren't they? And I was like, what are you talking about? Right. And I look over and I see them and they're not being louder. They're not being anything. 
and they're like, I just think they're a little much. They're a little over the top. And then after two seconds, I was like, are you trying to tell me they're gay? Yeah. And you're just yeah. like, and you're going to awkwardly point out that you yeah. think the couple behind us is gay. Yeah. <laughs> them silently eating by right. themselves. They're being a bit much bit right much. now. Right. It's, and you forget. You're like, no, this is, this is, yeah. there's still, I always say that I can move south very easily with the exception of every now and then I'll be like visiting and just something will happen mm-hmm. and that's just off. Mm-hmm. And I remember like turning to my wife and just being like, I don't want my child, my future right. children to grow up thinking that's a normal right. way of behaving. Right. Right. Cause like it is still very groups are very separated. Yeah. Now there's very, um, diverse parts of the South. I'm yeah. talking to like when you get into the country right. is like when right. it's like still very, right. cause like, you know, Atlanta is one of the most diverse cities that oh, is. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Same with Nashville and with new Orleans, especially, yeah. but you there's, I don't know. There's still very like, there's still a lot of moments that take me off guard of, of, I don't know if it's just kind of like a set generational thing. Like yeah. they were just taught this way or they were, you know, or whatever it was, but it, it is, it's something that I, when I go back home, especially people will, um, the new thing now is, um, oh, you live, you live in New York city. Oh my God. Like, like it's, it's this, it's still so shocking to people. And they're like, well, what do you like? What do you do? Are you safe? I'm like, um, the the amount of people who think New York is unsafe. It's just like crazy. crazy. I'm like, um, yeah. And even, you know, even sometimes with my mom's like, oh my God, I was watching the news and something exploded and it's in Queens and it's, but I'm like, ma, I live in the Heights. Like I'm not even, you know, like I'm nowhere near. And even if it was like, I'm surrounded by people who are prepared in, in so many ways of like incidences and like things that like there's no you know new yorkers don't stand up for that crap like no. we don't like well, that ca- so i remember when that guy it was last year that guy blew himself up on the e-train by accident he, like, he was going to plant a bomb on the train but it went off while he was like walking in right, the underground right. passage and all that happened was all of new york made fun of the guy right. like no one was scared they're like this fucking this idiot. dude like this fucking can't, can't even, even set turn a, timer. a bomb up. Exactly. right exactly and then the trains were running like an hour later or something that's like, the thing there's a bombing in new york we all complain about train delays right. we right. don't like we're Everyone's not like we've been through this it's i remember <laughs> right before um uh, my best friend used to live in the city with me mm-hmm. and then he moved um him and his girlfriend moved back to connecticut it, he's a school teacher and I remember we were having a birthday party for him and we were going to have him come into the city. Right. And it was right around the time that um, pressure cooker bomb went off in Chelsea. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it was the same thing where all of a sudden his girlfriend did not want to come. Right. And she was like, I'm terrified. And I'm trying to explain to her, I'm like, there's no better time to come to the city than right, right after a bomb. Right. It like, is so it's safe. It's so safe. <laughs> like so everywhere if you see it, like the There's a bombing level. and we all like get reset. We're like, ah, good. We're going to have all real right, tight cool. security for a little Great. bit. Great. Now they'll be able to, you know, watch our back even more. But I it's think, the same yeah. thing. I'm like, bad. no, we're in Queens. No one's bombing Queens. Yeah. Nobody's like, we're not, it's, you know, and, and I'll tell her things. She'll see stuff on the news and I'm like. We're, we're really okay. Like, if, if, you know, it's if if I was going to be anywhere, if there yeah. was some kind of thing, I would want to be here because the 
the they're prepared. I mean, no, there's totally. a level of I mean, we're de- there's definitely the larger worries that like a 9-11 type thing right. will happen uh, again. Right. So I guess that's always hanging over. Right, right. Which is something that us as New Yorkers just deal with. We're right. like, yeah, that could happen at any time. Right. I don't know what to right. say. I like hope I'm not happen. downtown yeah. when that happens. Right. I hope that's not. Like, like, a, like yeah. you know, we're, we're pretty prepared for it. But there's, you know, it's you kind of live with the knowledge that it's a chance. Right. But then you also have this whole thing where... Like, you know, someone's like, oh, I, it's all over this news. This girl in Queens got abducted and blah, blah. And you're like, I know that's terrible. But eight and a half million people live here. Mm-hmm. And you've heard three crimes on the news right. that happened. Like, it seems like you're always seeing crime news right, stories. Right. But if you go like per capita down to like how many people there are. Right. Our crime rate is crazy low For <laughs> compared, what? For to compared to like how many other people places. are here. Yeah. yeah. And it's um, I think it's. I think when people come to visit, there's this idea of just, I th- it's very overwhelming. I mean, there's a lot of, like, it's constant stimulation, constant yeah. news, constant this, constant that. So I get why people, their idea of what they've seen in movies or what they've seen, you know, their idea of what it is, like, living here is a totally different Totally experience. different. And they also always want to see, like, what they saw in the movies. Oh, my God. We had friends visiting. Um it was our friend and her new boyfriend. It was the first time he had ever been here. Right. And of course he wanted to see Times Square and the statue and all this shit. Right. And we're like, ah, just no. And then like, he always wanted to go in the city and we always like, they're like, what do you recommend we do? And we always recommended places like near us in Queens. Right. Like, let's go to these things. Cause right. this is what we like. And they're like, you right. don't ever go into Manhattan. I was like, not if I don't have to. I mean, nope. I do for work and stuff, but if like, I ever have a fitting near Times Square. Oh my God. I purposely plot to as much as humanly possible like unless it's right in the center for some odd reason i try as much as possible to avoid yeah. that entire area and that's the like, thing we all avoid longer, it just because it's too like, many people and not because the new yorkers are weird because you guys are weird you're all right, standing in the middle of the street right, staring up at stuff right, and i got places right. to go and it's like and then and then it's one of those things like they just again i think it's because it's so overwhelming it's just like so much is going on at once and they just don't know what's going on and for me i remember doing that when i came to visit new york and now having been here for almost you know four years people i now see it as a resident more than as a tourist and you're just like you guys got to get out of the way and you got to do this like the, the perspective completely changes but um but definitely overall in my background of being back and forth and back and forth new york hands down has been the most you know beneficial for me to be yeah. here and the most comfortable i've been you oh know? it's amazing we're in, we're in, i mean it's the most diverse city like anywhere like i live in queens and it's literally the most diverse area in the world there's right. 200 languages spoken there's a, a bajillion yeah. like cultures going on at once i have 212 restaurants that deliver to my house yep amen, <laughs> amen. seamless if oh. you don't know what seamless is guys you have to I know. Get with it. Get I with used it. to be. I, mean, I always use Grubhub. They're the same company now. They are. But yeah. it's funny because don't ever use There used, used to be. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Is in L.A. Everyone used Postmates, yeah. where they're paying a person to do it. No. No. All the delivery is free in New York. Don't do it. Don't do like, it here, guys. Like, I don't, I'm sorry to to put that plug in, but seamless and Grubhub. I I I love you guys. Um, and maybe if when I'm in LA, I'll use Postmates, but I've That's never the thing. used I it I think here. it's great for other places like yeah. Postmates and Uber Eats and stuff yeah. like that are great for certain areas. Yeah. But in New York, I'm like, no, no, no. Every single restaurant has their own fleet of delivery yeah, guys. Like, like that's what it is. Yeah. Seamless and Grubhub is the way to go for New York city. Uh, and then going, that's a big thing going back home and no one delivers and nobody. I was like, 
sitting at a friend's house and everything, you know, because everything closes. And I'm like, yeah. oh, so do you guys, you, know, you want food? And they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, you guys have Seamless, right? And they're like, what the hell is Seamless? I was I like, know. Dun, 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 not only that, it's like <laughs> when every, like the time everything closes, mm-hmm. how early it closes. It's if like you eight don't, or nine o'clock. If you don't, yeah, if you didn't make your food, your plans to <laughs> eat before 9 p.m., you're not eating. You're not eating. You, like, you're eating at home. Like, that's what's happening. And even the grocery store is, like, closed at 9, 30, 10. So if you're not doing that, you need to run to the grocery store and, like, pick up food and, yeah. then, and then make it at home. Because like, it's – it, oh, I forget about that. Even in Connecticut, like, I think mm-hmm. there's, like, two pizza places that deliver to my parents' house. But other yeah. than that, like, no one delivers no. food. There might be, like, two, two pizza and one Chinese place yeah, that like, deliver that's and it. that's it. And that's it. They make bank because of that oh um, and yeah. i don't i don't i'm almost positive not a single restaurant delivers to my mother-in-laws i don't think they do maybe maybe i can talk a pizza place four miles away right <laughs> making right. the trek could you maybe kind of do that i but know yeah, it's no. like they don't i'd have to really sweet talk them and right, promise them money. right but new york uh, is i think for sure if you're in you know delivering food not if you're into, is, food, if you're delivery, into food delivery there's nowhere better than nowhere new york. better be the new york city oh my um, god but yeah no it's it's definitely i think so when did you so so you moved right after college so you came so i so i actually took a year in kentucky um and so when i was in school i the unfortunately the professor that brought us over um we woke up one morning and he passed away oh Jesus. and we were like oh my god like what are we what are we all going to do? Cause yeah. everyone had kind of planned with him what their futures yeah, were. And yeah. this was, this was my junior year. And so I had one more year left. And then, um, after that I decided I was like, okay, well, and they started like cutting kind of scholarship and things cause he was helping with scholarships yeah. and doing stuff. And then that kind of fell through. So I was like, okay, I need to pay, you know, for school. Um, so I started working at the Hampton, this brand new Hampton that Owensboro had. And okay. I was the front desk person, and it was one of the best experiences I've ever had. I'm incredibly grateful for them. Really? That's surprising. I learned so much at 23, 22, 23 yeah. years old um, about every, I mean, like QuickBooks and, and yeah. doing all these things and things that you would never think. I truly believe it should be a requirement for people to be in hospitality or retail or something in college some like sort of go customer service and learn so how you, to speak and deal yep, with people because totally it will agreed. change your life and said if I anyone was, can if, if everyone in the world was required to wait tables for yes, one year one we year, would all be so much nicer to each so other so nice everyone would be the nicest world like talk about world peace it would yeah. be everyone should wait on someone or be in some form of like retail or something because yeah. i did that for I did it and it in a they ended up like promoting me and I was training people and I was doing everything and then they were amazing because because of that job I was able to transfer to New York great and and work my first year at yeah. Hampton and so that was really really nice um, again totally different dynamic of people oh yeah and so but without that I don't think I would I would know you know really be as great as experiencing people and talking with people and trying to interact with people and also patience. I think you have to learn a lot of patience when you're here in the city. Any sort of customer service job in the city is you need to know that you are dealing with someone who is already angry 100% of the time. Already. Already, no matter you, what happens, and it's you too, and you it has know? nothing to deal. And you, and yeah, this is you're like even angry. you're on you're edge. already on edge. Like you wake up, people don't understand in New York. I, I think love that. I love it's that. So true. Every meeting with two people in New York is slightly contentious yes. right off the beginning. <laughs> right from the beginning, it's like okay, hey, hi, yes, okay, so this is what I did, and you, yeah, because I think people don't understand that when you wake up in the morning. 
I am already thinking about my commute. So like you're totally. already waking up and you're like, not only am I, I thinking there? about what I need to wear, what yeah. I need to bring. Am I going to have time in between yeah. one event to the other event? Am I totally. going to have time? Because are all the trains are running? All the trains are running? They, yeah. um, did something happen? Like, are, you know, is, is this going to be delayed? How far away is this? Is it easier to take an Uber? What's the traffic? Like, like you wake up in the morning before you even get outside yeah. you are already thinking about these things so i think that when you add all of that and then you walk outside and have to deal with people totally it's already this like you don't even know what i've been through today so also i think <laughs> new yorkers in general we all have it's like a common understanding mm-hmm. that we all have places to be and things to do and you aren't a part of it right so right. don't talk to me right. don't do anything we're all moving right. keep it going right and it's just like it, it's it's true because yeah. we all but that's i feel like what actually makes the city function is like yeah. 8 million people all at the same time going, just do your thing. Yeah. Just go and exactly. do your thing. Don't get anyone else's way. Exactly. And we operate like almost seamlessly. Exactly. And it's not, it's really, it's the tourist areas where things start to get all bunched really up. Cre- yeah. Because like in the regular residential areas, there's never a problem nope. because everyone's like, no, get out of my way. It's like, do excuse me, thing. we got to do go things. This. Yeah, absolutely. Order your food. It's a subway. You know what they have. Yeah. Like, like come <laughs> on. It's a, you're going to be fine. Like, let's exactly. go. And you never really see, you know, I, I feel like true New Yorkers at any of those places, unless no. it, you know, unless it's something in their neighborhood that's easy, like accessible to them, you know, um, like there's a subway down here and I never see anybody in it except, you know, people who are like, well, we're just passing through all exactly. oh, this is a subway, you know, kind of thing. But, yeah. This will be safe. Yeah. This will be safe. But, um, but no, so I, I think once I did that, then I moved to New York. I took a year and then I moved to New York. Um, because I got actually got into NYU, nice, and so I did their their graduate program um, and everything like that, and that was great. And then I was really sitting around one day, and the biggest thing for me, and kind of what I do um, or why I do it, is I went to an audition for Hairspray Live. Great. And I got into the audition room and killed it. I was so proud. I was like, Oh my god, I killed it. This is great. Yeah, yeah. And the person behind who who was casting or who was judging or whatever um, <laughs> was like, you did amazing, but we're just looking for someone bigger. Bigger? Bigger. Okay. And so in that moment, I literally think I said, what? Like, I, I don't think I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I just kind of tilted my head like, what? Like, yeah. So put stuff on what what like i'm that, thinking it, in my it, head like it's a it's a role that a lot of the times they put people oh it's they, like they pat them up they pat people it. up yeah. but uh, but my entire life i've been told you would be great tracy or you should play this or you should play that because yeah. to be honest there's not a lot of plus size characters no every plus all. size actress i know has played tracy a thousand a times thousand because times. it's the role it's that's the there. role so when i was in that audition room it was a huge awakening for me because i was like if i'm too big to play anything else but now I'm too small to play the one role, then what the hell am I supposed to do now? Because yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm too average. Is this what we're doing? Like, is this, this was, you're describing you know? my acting career also, right. where they were just right. like, no, 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 you're way too big to play anyone else, but you're also like not that big enough to be like, right. The scary guy or the big funny guy or something. And I'm like, right. Oh, it's like yeah. okay, so I so that's kind of what led me because to that's this. they don't think there's any because even when they think they're casting diversely by having like a plus actor, 
they are not casting diversely no. at all. No. They're like, this is what a fat person looks right. like. Oh, right. you don't look like that. Right. Let's, well, and it's just crazy. And it's one of those things where I've noticed a lot in the past um, in the past year. I'm all about diversity. I think it's mm-hmm. amazing. But I think that we get into trouble when we try to lock diversity down yeah. into what what that means. So for me, it's like I when I go to plus size castings, even plus size people are now put into these boxes of this is what you can't do and this is what you can't. And there are people, there are girls, um, particularly that if you have an hourglass figure and you're five ten, you will always get jobs over me because yeah. because that's to them most people now that's socially acceptable. Totally to a point where people will still buy a product. And still, quote unquote, see themselves in it. Yeah. So that companies can feel comfortable with that kind of, you know, that look. But if you're five seven and you st- you have an hourglass figure, but you still kind of don't look like you, like this is a little different. Mm, no, I don't think so. Like we're not yeah. going to go with that because right now we're just not there yet. Kind no, of. No, thing, no, no. It, it's well, it will come. <laughs> what I've learned in, especially working for companies who have never done it before. Mm-hmm. Um, most companies do not want to take any risks at all. No. It's not this big magical thing where they, no. they do not want to take any risks. Anything. Everyone yeah. like makes this big thing about like, you know, oh, you're the first one and Zach did this big campaign for Target where he was the first plus size guy. That's not what happened. I was right. on their e-com website doing $8 t-shirts and a blogger noticed. Right. I was not, like they weren't right. prompting me. They weren't, like there was not this big thing. Right. Even they played it super safe in the beginning. Yeah. Now since then, I love Target and they have been pushing huge like leaps and bounds forward in diversity. They're yeah. doing amazing. But even them, they were like, we're going to do this. We want to do this, but we're tiptoeing our right. way in and we are testing small right. because the, the amount I hear from people that, um, you, you know, they did a shoot with this one model and because of the way that shoot turned out, they'll blame that one shoot for like a huge loss in profits. And the amount of times I've done reshoots for people of the same thing because Mm -hmm. they did it with one guy and like it's, it's, (laughs) they don't want to take risks. I I don't blame them. You you, like part of me doesn't blame them because I get it. It is a business. And when you see that initial dip in profits, they freak out. Right. But that we kind of know from the way this, like whole movement has been growing mm-hmm. that initial dip in profits is temporary right. to the greater rise well, of I mean, like true di- truly diversifying their casting i mean oh yeah what just happened on. with victoria's secret like yes there was a dip in the sense that you know if you if you there were people or or you know that were saying oh yeah well that's victoria's secret like that's their that's what they do that's, that's their, their thing. brand their and they were yeah. kind of quote unquote supporting them but now look at really who's and this has always been what I have noticed, and it's always what I, I combat a lot of the times, is it's not different when you put, it's finding an audience mm-hmm. that's going to still want to see someone on stage that looks like them, and how do we sell that, and how does that become something that that is normalized? It's the same thing with, with companies like Victoria's yeah. Secret print models and, and all the stuff that we do, because you see that even with, the, the quote unquote like people supporting them the people who are actually buying things yes 
are the ones that are that you're not allowing in. Yeah, that you, no, that I, and that's the it's thing. Like, it's, that's it's why you're failing. Companies like, that's why you're that losing limit stores. their audience right off the bat <laughs> right, is right. just the ones that nowadays are going down. And I'm, you know, I, I don't want to see anybody fail, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm glad. Just so if there has to be like sacrificial lamb, so right. be it. Just because I like for men's companies specifically, like I always get in arguments with them, and I'm just like, you guys stop at a 38 that's mm-hmm. the biggest waist size you make is 38 mm-hmm. the american average is 40 yeah so literally the majority of the men in the country you're saying don't buy my shit like right, right off the bat right off the bat yeah why would you do that right like why would you i'm not even saying go to a full-fledged range right <laughs> go over average right. by a little Just bit a little bit like yeah. what is and i think you know that's the same thing with the female market is how many times have i been preached the the uh, statistic about 67 percent of women are you know of size 14 or 16 yeah and it's like you know i've heard that now like so so much and i think there's a level where i as a consumer you know taking my own opinion out of my own bias with everything but as a consumer it's like why would I not want to go to my favorite store and be able to spend a lot of money? Yeah. But you don't have anything past this. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the limited options that plus size people have. I mean, like high fashion things, like things that we want, like we want. I to, would totally like, like, that's the thing. I would totally I, go and spend also, a bunch of money on, you know, also super forgiving. Like right. people think under, <laughs> like understand that is like, yeah, we're mad and whatnot. But if uh, Victoria's Secret wanted to save themselves, they would come out with a, you know, a full size range length and they would do just fine because as much as people were angry, it's still they still do have brand recognition and brand power. Like the amount of men I know who buy clothes that suck. Right. that are not very good because they are a brand name. Right. It's a recognition. Even though I can show them smaller brands that are way better, way better price, way better fitting, a lot cooler, they'll still want that name yeah, brand thing. Brand, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like as, as plus people make, we're mad forgiving. Yeah. All you have to do is offer one line and we'll be right. like, all right, they're getting in. Right. And like, it's... And it's like, I, it's, I think it's a hard, it's a hard for me because I see, I do see a lot of companies... Um, like I model for this awesome, um, this awesome designer. She's a one woman, you know, she does it all herself, but she, it's smart glamour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's all inclusive. I mean, all inclusive. And she's been doing that now for five plus years. I mean, yeah. and she, because it's unfortunate because then you go into, because she's not a brand name, like because not, you know, yeah. she doesn't have this attached to her, this, this, um, you know, corporation idea, but attached to her a lot of the time she loses out and then all of these brands now want to come and say they're all exclusive, like, you know, inclusive and all this stuff. And she, and she does it. And that's where I'm like, no, you need to go to this person or like you're saying and suggesting to people like, no, like go here. But because these brand names, it is, it's very forgiving. Like they're like, Oh cool. Now you have this great. Like (laughs) even me, even as, as a model, well, like when Mm -hmm. I've been offered something by one of these bigger brands, I get super excited because it's like this feeling of legitimacy where you're just like, Oh my God, it's happening because in order for like true inclusion to happen size wise in the market, we do need the big brands to go forward with it. That's like the final hill that we're all, and a lot of them are starting, Mm -hmm. but not the high fashion brands is the big thing. Cause now the fast fashion brands, are all moving into it. Yeah. Well, not all, but, but a lot of them are. Yeah, and the ones that are, return. are making a huge return on right. that investment. Right. But with, there's still a lot of 
issues mm-hmm. with um, the the big the high fashion brands because it's that like really classic fashion devil wears Prada mm-hmm. attitude that mm-hmm. they all have yeah. where they're so precious about it that it's like I mean right after take Karl Lagerfeld for example mm-hmm. like right after he died he was he was potentially one of the greatest designers of our time but even when he died people were just like yeah he was really awful about like people of size he refused <laughs> he said right. he never wanted them on the runway he never like it's still it shows you that like you know, even up until the fact point that he died, he still thought that way and yeah. still did that. Yeah. Thing. I mean, it's, and it goes so, I think it goes so far beyond. I think it's why for me, theater and putting characters and creating my own work is something that I'm really, really adamant about mm-hmm. because I think when you start to put it in front of people, it's the same idea we were talking about location. I mean, yeah. people who have never seen people who look like this or that, you know, I don't know how many people have ever seen a Disney princess that's above a size, you know, too. Yeah. Know, even in a, I don't even think there is it, one. There is, there's none. The only one, and I will say when I was younger, and it's because I just recently watched it, Lilo and Stitch, her sister is has the thickest legs. They drew her like yeah. thick. And I remember being younger and watching that movie and being like, she has thick legs like I do. Yeah. And she's the only one, I think one of the only ones that is actually like, even, you know, that's my protest against like Wonder Woman, the new Wonder Woman films. I'm like, she's an Amazonian princess. She should have some thickness on her. Like she's a, she's huge. She's supposed to be this big person. Yeah. And they cast and a great, she does a great job. I think she's a great actress. I don't think that, image wise to me that says wonder woman you know yeah. to me that says like no it's I can still sh- you know it's, it's like still very um focused very on the safe. classic safety. yeah it's still very again safe. it's because people don't take risks they yeah. take risks and when they do take risks it's super calculated yeah the people who do take risks are the smaller creators mm-hmm. like you and myself right. like like other models like people who are just like all oh, right I mean, I even think of like my favorite TV shows in the world and I realize that they're all written by the people that are in them right. because no one else was going to do it. Right. So they're like, they made it and they forced it into people's like, faces. Yeah. And that's the only time you even see like real life casting of people is right. you're just like, oh, because this person wrote it and right. they were like, well, you have to put me in and yeah, I wrote like, this. Thing. I wrote this. So you're going to like, it's going to be part of it. Yeah, yeah. No, I think, I think it's really, it's something that I, um, I'm noticing a lot with social media stuff too is as, as I've, as I've grown with social media, I really have been approached by a lot of companies and a lot of people that say, um, you know, uh, we're starting a plus brand and we'd love your input or we'd love, you know, mm-hmm. we'd love for you to, you know, not even just model, but some kind of input of like, where do you shop and what do you do? And it's like, you know, I, I appreciate the, the outreach, but also like, have you ever gone shopping? Like, have you ever gone out and like done? Yeah, done you don't it? even There's have like to be a plus work. person. You don't even have to you be just, a plus person. Like, I just want to be like, okay, here's the thing. Here is my size. Right. Go buy my clothes. Go buy clothes. Right. I'll try them on for you in front of you. Right. And you'll let me know what, what why, right. they're, why right. they're, how crazy bad they right. are. And you, it's even, it even goes down to kind of the, the very beginning of clothes being formulated and made. Like, for example, like I do fit modeling. So, mm-hmm. When I go into a designer, or I go into some place, and I, you know, stand in front of, stand in front of the designers, and they're picking, and they're and they're pinning, and they're doing all these things. One of my favorite stories of being a fit, being in fit, 
I'm so I'm five seven, which mm-hmm. is on the on the smaller range for a lot of for a lot of like fit but you know, clients. Y- yes, in a but lot of also ways. like much closer to the average height. Exactly. Of women so in it's like back and forth. So if I want to do runway, they're like, eh, you're not just there yet. I'm like, put me in heels, yeah. we'll be fine. And then when I do fit, they're like, okay, cool. Like we can kind of work with this. But one of my favorite ones was that I, um, I walked in, and from the moment I walked in, it was like top to bottom just picking apart like what what was wrong with my body in comparison to the clothes like never was there a conversation like the clothes might be wrong it was like your body is wrong for the clothes and what she said is she was she was like well this is wrong and that's wrong and your shoulders this way and you have a little more shoulders and i'm like okay i'm used to that kind of thing and then she was like and you don't have a stomach and i was like i'm sorry what she's like your stomach is way too flat and i just burst out laughing and i said you know what that is the first time I think I've ever been told that. Yeah. And no, thank exactly. you so much. I was I like, know. you know what? It's like okay. no one's ever given me that. Like no one's ever okay, said cool. that. Cool. Thank you. But it's, that goes back to that whole idea that kind of sparked this in me was then if, if I'm not, if I'm too flat to do this for you and I'm, what type of plus person are you trying to make me into? Because yeah. that's the whole thing is that there is not one size and not one plus body that should be accepted or not accepted just as there is no straight size to me totally that should be you know but that's what happens it's 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 that old school fashion mentality Mm -hmm. the reason the straight size models all have to look almost identical is because they look like the form the designer designed on and they don't care what you like that's why they're like no no your body's wrong for these clothes right but that's not the way the world. You should be. Des- they have to design clothes for the bodies they're trying to get to right, buy it. Not right. well. You don't look like this right. form that somebody built. That somebody of what built it in a factory think, of yeah, what we think just, people look like. Yeah, and then people just and it and it's shocking to me when people say like, you know, um, well, you must, you know, you must when you talk to these designers like they must be able to to just fit it on you. And I'm like, no, no, that's the point is like, they're not fitting it onto me. I'm, yeah. I am there to be this, this outline, living, this yeah. living model, this living this mannequin. Living mannequin. And I think it's really, it's a discussion I have with a lot of plus models that rain, like that are all types of ranges. Cause you can put like, I'm a size 16 and you can put me with 16 other 16s mm-hmm. and every one of us and i mean in real life like people not just models but in general who all are wear a quote-unquote size 16 oh yeah but all look completely different even though it's same with guys i mean yeah. if i look at you can just look at like img's um brawn board right now mm-hmm. and you have like me then you have um yeah, me because I'm you know I'm a bigger guy, but I'm also taller and kind of like barrelly shaped. And then you have um, Matt Working and Hunter Westfall, who mm-hmm. are like big muscly guys, but we wear the same pant size, right. even though these guys have like abs and are like muscly. And then you have Namar, who's more my shape, but he's only six like six foot six one six right, two. Right. Like you know he's four inches shorter than I am. Right. And it's just like no, we all are wearing the same pant size. Right. But we all look completely, completely different, different than one another. And I think that's where people get a little bit mixed up with the idea of diversity. Yeah. It's like, well, you guys look different. So that works. And it's like, okay, yes, but 
where is the actual change in sizing? Like where yeah. I want to see a diversity in the actual sizing of people in general. You on know? the rare on so, so I do work um, fit with some, a couple companies, mm-hmm. and when I do, it's they're always amazed by like the input that I give them mm-hmm. of where I, I, I. It always starts off with me just being like, "All right, ever." Every plus man's body is completely different shaped right. than you think it is. Right. Because <laughs> right. this is not the case. And it's like just a certain huge things. Like even just something as simple as the neck. Because in men's clothing, collar size is always yeah. a big yeah. thing. And they just, I don't know why they think all our necks are this thin little, nice little thing. that We look like a bobblehead. Right. But it's like, no, as nope. we get thicker, so does our neck to support our big ass head. <laughs> right. Like, I, I don't know. And there's so many things like that where you're just, and you would tell them to do that and they're like, oh, wow, we oh, didn't wow. consider it. I'm like, yeah. you didn't consider it because the thing that you're showing me was designed on a standard right. size 30 waist form. Right. And I'm not that. Right. And what you did was it was designed on that and then you just graded it up all the measurements proportionally. But the human body doesn't grow proportionally. No. <laughs> and that's not what I don't all. think people get. No. And I think that's why... I don't know, especially people who try to try to ask me, you know, a lot of I get a lot of inquiries about, you know, how did you get started and how did this happen? And, you you know, I think the biggest thing that I try to tell them is we are not you are not you you coming to me is great. And I love that. Yeah. But again, it's not my it's not even my journey. Like it's not even my you and I are not. We will not have it. Anywhere, anywhere close, close to the same jersey. Like you're, yeah. you're gonna, you're gonna have to figure out, even in in the sense of clothes. You know, how do you pick clothes out? How do you do this? You have to go do it. It like, has I, to be so personalized, especially absolutely. in modeling. That's what I always tell people. I'm like, modeling is so about you as an individual yep. and you as a personality, and as like. I, I can give you some some surface advice, right. and I'll be happy to give you right. surface advice, and right. I always do. But as far as like. I mean, it's the same as being an actor, a musician, anything, right. or an, any sort of artist or creative. You need to find your voice yeah. and and find out how to push your voice forward. Yeah. And your voice is going to change a thousand times. All the time. All I, the time. Can, I mean, just my own personal like messaging and like beliefs have changed over this because Absolutely. you grow and your eyes open and you're like, oh, I had no idea this was as big right. of an issue as right. it is. Biggest thing that has been eye-opening to me is I get trolled. I mean, all plus-size people do. Yeah. But it always amazes me how shitty it is of the trolling I get versus like the trolling someone like any woman would get. Right. It is so much more intense for women. It is so much more disgusting for women. Yeah. Like when I get like the guys who come at me and troll me, they're all guys. Every troll in the world is a guy. Right. Yeah. It's just, I don't know why it's a thing. They're all guys. (laughs) They're all trolls. Um, But like when they come at me, it's always like trying to assert that I am somehow against like masculinity in some way that I'm not that I'm always like going against the what a man should be and what a man should care about and what a man should do and it or in my (laughs) that my health is in jeopardy and I'm promoting obesity and all that and I know that's what women get too but you guys also get like this horrific side of it also yeah I so (laughs) this is something I'm really I'm I just had an experience recently where it was International Women's Day and woot woot and um, I had a guy get who was who was a friend of mine who is a you know an, an acquaintance of mine uh, get on and tell me 
you should post something about how important this day is. So I took a snapshot of it and I erased his his I his IG name yep. and I reposted it and I said men telling you what to do even on International Women's Day. And I reposted it and women my friends went crazy. They were like this is hysterical. Like yeah. how ironic is this? How is oh, yeah. how funny is this? He went insane. He was so mad. He said I was stupid. I was disrespectful. Like all of these things. But I just went all back that to old prove school bullshit. Old school BS. And I think the other thing with women. See here's see here's where it gets tricky because women who are considered BBWs or women who are considered plus size have been fetishized for so long mm-hmm. that I think there's this level of when we put anything out, especially if you're recognized on on social media, if we put anything out. For a majority of people, particularly men, and I've had some female, but mostly men, they they immediately fetishize into that you are putting this out for me. Yes. Because why else would a plus size person think that they deserve any same respect yeah. as a straight size person who's putting out similar material? Why would exactly? They're like, why would I be? I see that argument. All, all the, time. the time and it's crazy and they do that and they're like well why are these plus size women posting in lingerie if they do not want to be fetishized about right. and you're like because they're because it's their body and it's, they're owning it and they're, owning and they're learning to come into any other exactly any that's other person. all they're doing and especially mm-hmm. since a lot of it's not fetishized like 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 a lot of even the lingerie photos aren't sexualized right. they're just most of the lingerie photos that I see people acting disgusting about right. on like plus girls pages, they're literally standing there, right. not doing and it's anything. A lot of it, mind you, is I've been paid exactly. by a lingerie company to post. Exactly. So it has nothing to do. And even when I'm on photo shoots with yep. companies, I am very adamant about posing. So if there's a if there's a shoot that I've done with a photographer. I always make sure that every pose is nothing to be considered in an erotic way yes, or a pornographic absolutely. way or anything that's and and I just recently went to a trip with all of my girlfriends that we did some um we did some like lingerie shoots in this hotel that had sponsored us to do like this whole whole weekend thing. And it was the first time that I had even posted a picture where my was that the one with like you and Stephanie and Liz and 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 Anna and mm -hmm. all them yeah 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 that was awesome those were great those were awesome awesome and it was like muse like goddess like theme like we were all trying to you know that was like the idea and 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 on top of that it was one of the first times that I'd ever posted a picture where my butt was showing like you could see from the laundry my behind and that took. I, I, I really was quite torn between totally. even doing that because I loved the photo. It was, it was like sensual and empowering yeah. and I wanted to share it for me. But it was the first time that I really was quite torn about what people, how the response was going to be so vulgar or what was going to yeah. happen. And now some people, again, there are some people out there that are like, go girl, you got this. Like, you know, this is so empowering and I feel confident. Yeah. Those are the people that I feel like I can... I really enjoy when I post anything in laundry or post something that's 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 empowering in that way. The women that are like, oh my God, yeah. like that empowers me to do something or to be confident or I wish I had the confidence that you have. That's really where the desire comes from to do something like totally. that. And also like working with brands that I love that support, you know, body positivity and support diversity. Um, but in general, like 
I, I love this idea that, or I think it's hilarious that there's this idea that plus size women are not allowed to do that, yeah. that it would never be for an empowering thing, no, that it, it would, would only just be, sexual. be because and, and how many times I've been asked, do I do like, do you do porn? It's like, no, I, I, I don't. And they, yeah, no, <laughs> like, exactly. You're I'm all like, sent those. Like, what? do you have a webcam thing I can follow? Right. And you're like, you're like, no, well, that's no, not what I don't, I'm doing. I don't. And then on top of that, I think that's why, that is why I think the trolling is so much more intense because it's behind a screen yeah. that they're used to fully anonymous, fully. It's fully anonymous in a lot of ways. And I think that they are, there is this idea that, well, you've put this out there. So you should be able to deal with the fact that you're a fetish and you should be able to deal with yeah. what the trolling is. Where it's, it's and that's like, not the problem. The no. problem is that you think someone living exactly. their goddamn life right. is something for you to jerk off to. Right. Exactly. Which is like, and the worst part is the guys who think that they are um, also being empowering, like by complimenting you sexually mm-hmm. on these things. Like I have made it upon. That's a, something I learned in my own journey because it is terrifying. I took two and a half years to pose shirtless. Like when I started yeah. modeling professionally, I was with IMG models for two and a half years before I ever did like a shirtless or an underwear shot just because I was terrified right. of like my own insecurities. But these guys, they think that they're helping by like, I made sure like the way I post on like fellow female models posts mm-hmm. now when I like, like them. And I said, I am very specific with the way I do it now. Because I used to say stuff. I used to, like, I will, n- you'll never see me comment that someone was sexy. Right, right. Because even though we think that's a compliment, it, I mean, it is, it, it is, it is coming yeah. from your partner. It's right. a compliment. Right. Coming from some random fucking dude, dude on the internet. No, it's not. Is yeah. you sexualizing this person right. off the back. Right. So I like, even all my comments, if I do like show support, because I want to. And that's the thing. It's like, you kind of have to toe this line. You're like, how do I be an ally and still show support? Right. But not fetishize people the way they always be. Right. So every single time i'm i do usually i just like it but when i do comment on it that's always just like you're a badass you're a rock star kick ass something like that just keep it like super positive affirmations but in no way like no way take it and no matter you look so hot right so sexy right get it you know emoji like eggplant emojis and you're like okay great i know and i think i think here's my here's my big thing about it the guys don't tend to bother me so much because unfortunately and I've tried to, I've really tried to break this, this habit of mine. Um, I, I don't really expect much more, to be honest. Like, no, I, like yeah, there are many absolutely. times that the guys don't really bother me because I really don't expect much more from you. Like to, like, I'm like, okay, no, great. There's no this reason is, There's to. no reason. Like yeah. you, this is what you're going to do and this is what, fine. Okay. What bothers me is the lack of female support mm-hmm. where I get women who are, who would comment or who would would troll whatever um, DM directly DM me whatever and think less of me mm-hmm. because I'm willing to show my body or or say nasty things about my body. Um, I posted a picture uh, with one of my male model friends, Kyle, and he we like it was an impromptu thing. It was when we did the. Um, uh, the real the real catwalk um, with Christiana and we oh, did yeah, like yeah, that yeah. whole thing and so we were there and we took a photo together and one of the girls comments was like look at her stretch marks like oh my god like why would you ever show something like that and my response back was just like um, I was just like because I'm proud of them 
you know? Yeah. And it was like, cause I'm proud of them. And then she just went off on this whole tangent. And so many people were like, well, if she just had covered up, you know, you know, things that, that it's yeah. like the oh, yeah. connotation. And listen, if you are someone who is, you know, I am a huge, huge at, like I grew up in a household that modesty yeah. and, and, you know, my mother would always joke around about like cleavage because I all I did I developed before all all of my friends. Yeah, I always had you know larger measurements in general, and it was I did get a lot of attention from boys, and she would always be like, "Modesty is just is so much better. Like when you feel better about yourself, you don't need to give away you know so much or all this other stuff." I know, and I would be like, so... "I'd be like, I know, mom, I know, but like at the same time." You know, it's different, I feel like, unfortunately, for straight size and maybe not for everyone. Yeah. I don't want to generalize, but a lot of my straight size friends never really had to deal with that yeah. sexualization at such a young age. And for me, as a plus person, a lot of my plus friends really did have to deal with that no. because they developed too early exactly. like they, or they just were t- bigger and taller. And they, even when it comes to guys and like, oh, he's a giant or like, he, you know, there's. There's all of this sexualization that happens in a plus size person's life before anyone really understands, you know, it, before we even get to a point we start of getting, this. No, absolutely. I, and it's and definitely it's way, way more for women. But it, for, for guys, too, it's we are treated much older than our age mm-hmm. very early. Because even like the fact that I developed into a man's right, body. Right, right when I was 12 or 13, right. I was treated as such. Right. Like, and, and I mean, I had some perks in college. I didn't have to get carded at the bar when right. I was 18. <laughs> right. But like, <laughs> but like it is, it's, I remember thinking it's so weird. I remember thinking as a, as a young kid when we were in middle school, I was probably six, one or six, two already. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in the seventh grade and watching the popular guys and girls flirt. And I remember there was something where one of the guys was like sitting on the other girl's lap and they were like, talk- and I just remember thinking to myself, I can't do that. Right. I'm not going to, I can't right. be this cute, cuddly thing the way they get to be all cute and cuddly and grow up together. And, right. and, and I'm like, I'm already way, I'm already creepy to them. Right. Like seriously, like <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. from, from the start of, I was creepy to middle school girls when I was in middle school right. because I was this big ass man yeah. and everyone like, and it was, it was, it's yeah. It, it's we're as a, as a bigger person, you're forced to grow you're up already way yeah, quicker, way, way faster. And then we do have the thing, like you were talking about your mom's like, Oh, modesty is always better. And for one, that is a, an older conservative value mm-hmm. that we now generations later have kind of realized like that, that's poisonous in right. a way because it's te- it, we're telling kids at an early age to be ashamed right. of the way they right. look. And then on, not only that, you, like as yeah. a plus person, yeah, it's already, you know, I can't tell you how much, how many articles of, of black clothing that I was oh. wearing the majority of my life because I was told that that was slimming and that oh, was something to, I was, to I, conceal. I think I got you know? into like metal and hardcore yep, and emo yep. just so I could wear the Absolutely. black band t-shirts. Absolutely. <laughs> I think I had a, th- I was stealing like a thousand of my sister's just black band t-shirts, like yeah, never anything color. And it wasn't until really in all seriousness, it wasn't until I started everything, you know, um, with the Instagram and with writing and, and, and developing characters and, and doing these shows that I even wore things like colorful things. Yeah. Um, things that had stripes. I mean, things that had patterns because oh, I wore, I love now and I've come back in style, but I, there's nothing more 
I love them floral print shirts. Yes. Yeah. Oh my I, god. Like as a guy, I love them, and I, you could not get me. I was terrified to go near them mm-hmm. as a young person because on the rare occasion I did, I was made relentlessly fun of. That oh The yeah. fat kid was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Right. But the Hawaiian shirts were the only things that fit me correctly. Right. So I'm but that's like, but then that's I'm like, what this like, isn't we fair. had. This right. Is what, this yeah. is my option. My option is yeah. this and a hoodie. And that's all I wore. And it's I wore. It's so true, though. But then, like, how do you allow? I think that's why it's so incredibly important. I think for designers and for for models and and influencers and people, I really, you know, it's not just about the the people that you have following you right now or what that influences. I always try to say, and I know so many people have said this before me, but I really try to think about when I was thirteen what I would want to be able to have access to. Yeah. All I had access to was like Talbots from like my grandmother. And or like my father's American. LLB. Right, yeah. right. And then like my mom's hand-me-downs or like I would have, um, I would have, we went to uh, like American Eagle because American Eagle at the time was the only place mm-hmm. that had like a size 12, 14. And I would like squeeze my butt into those, but I would wear American Eagle. And like I couldn't, I remember going into Hollister one time Oh, with my middle school friend and and she was I mean she was smaller than I was and I remember they offered her a job like they they were like oh they were talking her up and it was as if I was just totally invisible oh yeah and it was it was something that I to this day remember being 13 and being like I am in all black and, and sweatpants and sweatshirts yeah. and things because I I am not given any really multiple, you know, and God bless my parents for trying to, to yeah. and my grandparents wanted us but, but to be it, but dressed it's tough. up. You don't feel the same way. I mean, right. you as a, you know, 13 year old girl being brought to Talbot's right. is not the experience a young teenager right. is looking for. Like the f- same me, the fact that I was going at a very early age to places like casual mail with my dad right. felt weird. I was like, right. everyone here is 60 years old dad. Right. And he goes, yeah, and they're the same size as you. I don't know what to tell you. Right. It's like- or like going to, um, uh, she would go to, um, even loft at the time, like things that like now loft has a plus line, yeah. but like things like, Oh, like Lane Bryant. I, I, I remember going into Lane Bryant as like a younger person, like with my aunt one time. And, um, I, I, could, I was the only young person there yeah. and I remember and I didn't I swear to you I did not go to Lane Bryant for years because I was yeah. mortified in this idea of like why don't I have why am I not allowed access to totally to all of these fun brands I did the like same American with, Eagle like Air Possible I did the like same with Rochester and Casual Mail yeah. and DXL now mind you all of them same with Lane Bryant like people like DXL people like Lane Bryant have now made a major push forward major to be younger and more fashion yeah, forward and absolutely. all that so now I feel like it's not the same it's like not, now, yeah. now, now, I mean, now I love going it's in, still yeah. similar like we love going in there but even like I would bring if I had a teenage son I'd have no problem taking him right. to DXL right. I'm like you're gonna get everything you want it's fine Right. Whereas, but when I, when I was a kid, they didn't have the cool shirts or the graphic tees or the, or or the sports shirts or the branded stuff. They had like what, what 50 year old men went to work in. Right. And that's the thing. So I'd be walking around as a kid wearing like Oxford dress shirts every single day because that's what I had. Yeah. And then when my mom asked me why I wore the same Harley Davidson sweater seven days a week every day, I'm like, because my other option is to dress like I'm going to church. Right. And I look crazy Crazy. because I'm 13 years old. old. And then on top, like I remember going in with like skorts and like, um, and then when I moved to North Carolina, it was such a difference too, because I went in with like, 
I was like, I'm from Boston and I'm like, I'm like, you know, I don't, you know, I'm from New England and I'm like, I'm so much cooler and like all this stuff. Like I came yeah. in with like an accent and I was wearing all black and I was like a theater kid. And like, I just, I didn't, cause I, I didn't have any other option yeah. for, and honestly it wasn't until I went to the South that I saw people who were more full figured until that point, you know, yeah. like really it was not something that, um, I really had at, like had seen in a lot of media or things that I liked and even more so why I why I'm so adamant about putting people on a stage is because I was a theater kid and there was never anyone in brought I mean one of my favorite shows was like growing up was like Phantom of the Opera you know yeah. or like seeing oh, yeah. seeing all these show West Side Story like all these people and I never once in theater, I thought the only way to get on a stage is if I am smaller. Like, I have to be smaller. Same. And oh, I thought the exact same thing. It was like, thing. there's no one I can look up to and say. My biggest thing in theater was like, I, how, I mean, you probably did the same thing. How many mothers and fathers did you play? How many, how oh many times? And that was the thing is like, I did great in local theater oh and God, in yeah. high school theater because I was. 17 years old playing the 55 oh year old man and then when yeah. i got into the professional world and came to new york and started auditioning i realized oh i can't play the 55 year old man i'm 23 right. because years I'm old tw- they're exactly. not gonna let me do exactly it. i literally played nettie fowler and nettie fowler is a 60 year old what yeah. like she's not oh, a, yeah. and and i and i mean i killed it it was great it was one of my favorite roles but the only reason like that I ended up playing Anita in high school. Yeah. And and even then it was there was this big dance scene and no one thought I was gonna be able to do it because I was plus. And then, you know, the how many times did I go and play roles? I think my worst experience I there was always this same costume designer who would just say horrible, horrible things to me about yeah. you need to wear spanks or like why don't you have spanks on? Because we're not gonna be able to fit these. And I guess I mean to other people, she would just say horrible things. And I remember one day just being like, this can't be what it's like in the professional world. Like I can't go out and and be, you know, a 60 year old person or doing anything. And there are very limited roles that I can take out of my book and say, okay, I can go audition for this and do that. And not just theater, but acting in general. It's like I can't continue to play a background actor you know, in a fast food you joint. Are I can't, you know, it's speaking like in my language. I, 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 when I started modeling, I took a step back from acting. Yeah, yeah. Not that I've quit. I'll still totally do it. And I still had, a, you know, I still audition occasionally, right. but for the most part, I've taken a big step back because yeah, even doing this is I made this something clicked in my head, which is very disappointing. Um, I was just because I was like, they're not, I was like, I will start working when I start to get a little bit gray and become old enough to play people's dads as a person of my size, I will never play anything other than dads and uncles and stuff like that. And it's, it's frustrating because it's like, you know, it's disappointing because the, the fact that I found acceptance in the modeling fashion world, the place that's supposed to be the strictest right. and the shittiest about right. the way you look right. is amazing because I still feel like as an actor, theater is different. I feel yeah. like theater is a little more open-minded. Yeah, I agree. But for TV, but I stopped doing theater. I started doing TV Yeah, and doing TV. I was like, I will never work. I right. will never as a, as a young man in his twenties who is not chiseled or 
400 something pounds. Right, right. That's the, or that's not the flip side to it as out well. Of their mind. Cause I, I mean, yeah. I would be told the same thing. Whereas I was like, all right, you're way too big to play a character. Right. You are too nice looking to play like a bad guy right. or a villain right. or a henchman right. yep. or something like yep. that. And you're not, you're, for me, it was height was the big thing because yeah. everyone in the TV is tiny. Tiny. Um, yeah. Surprisingly tiny. Surprising. Like Anytime hilariously short. Hilariously short. Everybody. And so I was always too big to be part of the main cast or the group. Right. So I had to be like some ancillary character. And it's just, it's amazing how, like, in their casting thing, they're like, well, no one's going to believe that, you know, all these people would hang out with a guy that's twice their size. And you're kind of like, Unless the side, unless they happen, the show unless, was me and my giant. And you're right, like, right. <laughs> and it, it's like just one of those things right. where you're like, why? Because my, my because actual do group of friends life? were yeah. all different right, right, shapes, right, sizes, right. and colors. And it's like, it's just. Uh, it's something that I think. It's the same reason we have high school ki- people in their 20s and 30s right. playing high school kids right. constantly and led us all to believe that these teen heart thro- these teen heartthrobs that were played high school kids our whole lives who were fucking 28, 28 years, years old, old. yeah mm-hmm. and we'd start to think and we'd look at them and be like how come I don't look like that maybe right. I, that's what high schoolers look like therefore <laughs> therefore that's but that's, they have mustaches that's this, this and you're like, fantasy or yeah. this this idea and I think it goes back to all the stuff with Victoria's Secret I think it goes back to this idea that they are pitching that being normal is something to look to be looked down upon in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. And I think that's where I get a little bit middleman syndrome and this average person syndrome is, and you kind of touched on this just a second ago. I can't tell you how many times I've been told not to lose weight. Yeah. Just as much as I've been told to lose weight. Same. And and I think that people have to understand that in this industry and in general, I have been told just as many times that I need to be bigger same then then i have to be smaller because i and and it is very difficult to be an average size yeah when we are the we are the most that i mean we're the the consumers the largest consumer but at the same time that's not what they want they want to build this fantasy that being average you can't be happy yeah being who you who you when are. I was when I was acting the, when I got my um, first acting manager the first thing she told me is that I had to lose 50 pounds or gain 50 pounds and right. I could choose which one right and I was like ooh, choices oh, choices <laughs> thank like, you so much and I'm just like that's not why and right. they're like because you're way too big to play anyone that any main you're too big to play a main character right and you're not big enough to play a a character actor right, type right, pl- role. Right. And I'm just like, and, that's, that's, and insane. that's where this just kind of sparked this, this whole thing for me and what I, and what I do and why I, two, two things that I really focus on and have tried to focus on. And, and I'm trying to kind of transition my Instagram, especially into doing, showing more theater stuff. I'm in a show right now and I haven't, yeah. this is the first show I've done in almost two years. Hell yeah. Because these past, and these past two years, I've been doing the modeling stuff and, and working with in the brand and trying to build, build that as itself. But it's something that I'm now getting back into acting is so funny to me because the role that I'm playing in this show, the script is about these three girls who are at a yoga class and they are shit talking 
this substitute yoga teacher because she's plus she's a plus size yoga teacher Mm. and it's something that is so is so interesting to me being actually plus and playing a character that is written to be plus yeah because you can connect to it in so many ways but i love that they wrote it so that the the teacher kind of snaps back and is like really like this whole it's a great show i'm excited to do it what's it called it's called what if okay and it's like a it's a short series of short plays as well and And where is it gonna um, be it's going to be at the Producers Club. Nice. Um, so the, the 29th and the 30th at the end of this month. Great. Um, and tickets are on sale right now. And you can go to my Facebook and Instagram. It's all. It's about to be all over there. Actually, you have to post it today. Um, but <laughs> so by the time you hear this, it'll be there. It will be there. But it's already on Facebook. Um, but but going back to that, I think it's a, it's such an interesting dynamic to me of why I started with okay, I want to develop my own characters and I want to do my own thing. And I wrote a show that after this show is done, I wrote a show, it's a body positive show that in the entire show, it's not, she, it talks about what she goes through, but there's never a description that she's plus size. Like there's never an actual mention of her weight. It's just what she goes through in her life. And I wanted to tell a real story without everybody focusing on the fact that she was plus size that it that wasn't what mattered it was like she's just a person with a story because i think that and then and then my focus on the other end is like this positivity of you know people are constantly fed that being average is is negative it's a negative thing and that you should want to be a victoria's secret model and all the power to the to the people that do that because i'm telling you right now there's no way in hell i could do that and i think the, the flip side to it is what I want to express with my work and what I do, not just in theater, but in life, is that everything that you want is completely tangible to you yeah. as who you are right now. Like all of the totally. things that Absolutely. you're seeing, I get it. Like in anyone who's young out there and, and who's listening, my biggest, biggest, you know, preaching, like what I preach all the time and to my friends that will t- attest to this as well is, is positivity because you have to realize that you are constantly fed that you aren't good enough and that you should be this way or you should do that. And and I think being an average size person, I am and at an uh, no average height, I am very proud and happy to be average yeah. <laughs> and to be doing those things because there are people out there that I was always told you're not good enough. You're not tall enough. You're not small enough and you're not big enough. I mean, where in my, in the whole world has anyone ever been somewhere that someone says you, you don't have a stomach. And I'm like, what? Like things that I've experienced in this industry have opened up, like you said, and changed my perspective so much to really now preach to people. Like it's okay to be who you are where you are right now. I mean, that's the whole idea of what body positivity is. Because people think it's like the same troll. Started by like, like my favorite thing I ever heard was a comment that was like fat people started body positivity just to stay fat. And I was like, whoa, are you missing the mark? Like you're completely missing the mark of what body positivity is. Like, And I think that's why I love New York so much is because New York has a very similar idea and theme as to what body positivity start with started with as like we d- we just ta- discussed mm-hmm. earlier. Everybody's just doing their own thing and yeah. letting everybody just do their own thing. All, and, and that's, that's the whole thing. Yeah, body positivity here. is just it's going. It's just being a New Yorker. Yeah, I'm just let serious. Us, like, just let us do my <laughs> shit. It's just 
Leave me it's alone. Like, let me do my shit. Leave me alone. And 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 we when we pass each other, we just in really high pitched voices. Gotta go. Thank you so much. Blah blah blah. And like, yeah. that's it. That to me is really why I think I've stayed in New York for so long, and why I got involved in it is this essence of just letting everybody just be who they are. Yeah. And. And, and moving past that. And I think it's so reflective of people's, like the trolls and the things we talked about. It's all, it's so their own issue. Yeah. Like it's so their own problem. It's not even to do with no. you. And it's you try so to describe it to them. And it's, it's, it's the reason they think that way is because it's been ingrained in them yeah. their entire yeah. life. And they spent, and, and you, you, they come to a decision. They're yeah. like, oh no, 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 no. Fat has to be bad. Cause if it's not, why did I spend my whole life doing fad diets, staying on Weight Watchers, exercising 50 days a week, drinking green juices and, 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 and eating a thousand calories a day. Why did I do that? Right. If it's okay to be fat. And you're just like, you did that because how much, describe what you just said to me. You purchased green juices. You paid for these diet plans because they're making money off of us. There's nothing more profitable than telling people they suck, suck. and this is how yep. to fix yourself. Yep. yep. And it's like, that's why. That's yeah. why it's a multi-billion dollar industry. It's, it's, and I think the other part of it too is what I, what I really want people to understand too is that in no way am I saying that you should be unhealthy. Yes. I think that there's a level that people say, oh, you're promoting obesity. I'm not promoting obesity. No. I'm not promoting, I'm promoting a better improvement of yeah. mental health. Yeah by accepting and self-acceptance. And I'm trying to show people that there are people out there that have stories and their stories matter, mm-hmm. not the shell in which they carry those stories. Exactly. And I think our relationship really, to gravity yes, doesn't decide doesn't who the decide fuck we are. Who we are and, and how we should be treated. Yeah. And I think that's really a big, big thing that I have, that I have kind of learned in this past couple of years to express and that's why i think theater is so important because it's such a gateway and a tangible gateway to showing people like these are stories that what my dress size you're seeing on stage has absolutely nothing to do with what my story is and if i can captivate you and you can you can find a piece of yourself in that story when you're a size zero and i'm a size 16 that to me is we're humans that yeah. that to me is what is important in moving forward as a as a race as a people as as in general like as a community and so i think that it's really i want people to understand that it's not i it's also why i like post workout videos and people yeah. who don't work like it doesn't matter like if you don't work out cool that's fine if you do yoga six times a you know week great cool like i'm not it i'm yeah. i would love to learn about it great but i'm not in any way saying that that person is better or worse, you know, better or worse. And I think for me, there, there's a level in which I feel healthy yeah. and that is not at a size zero. That is at a size 16 where yeah. I'm, at, I'm in the best shape of my life that I have ever been in right now. And that's at a size 14, 16. Yeah. And, and that does not mean that it's any better or worse than a, than a 22 or a, you know, a six. If you feel good about yourself, that's what I, that's what I feel like we need to go off of yeah. is not this, you know, cause you're right. It's like a billion dollar yeah. industry of like, I, I, I go cycling and hiking because I, it makes me feel good. Not because I'm trying to lose weight. Exactly. And people don't understand that because like, even when I like it's being, yeah, being body positive, I'm not telling people not 
to I'm not telling people not to lose weight. I'm not telling people not to work out. I'm not. I'm saying do whatever you want. I'm literally saying do whatever the fuck you want. If you are uncomfortable in your skin right now because of your size and you want to lose weight, lose weight. Body positivity is tell is me telling you you don't have to hate yourself the entire steps all the steps along the way. Exactly. You can still love who you are and lose weight. You can still love who you are and And have gained weight. weight. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's really really what it's about yeah and i think i think it's really important to um to continue to have discussions like this and for people to be exposed to people who are different from them i think it's it's not only you know to the new york attitude the reason i do we do so well in new york is i meet someone who is nothing like me every single day exactly and you keep it moving yeah and it's like great cool (laughs) and i walk by them and go hey good to see you bye bye like that and that's to me i feel like is why and I, and I hope that people around not just the country, but the world get a chance. Like, I think that's why it's important, why the social media stuff is important. Yeah. I think it's why people continue to do what they're doing and that um, it's a beautiful tool. It's a, it's a scary tool sometimes. Like, it can be a lot. But at the same time, it's an incredible tool to have someone from Egypt message me and be like, I'm, you know, thank you for yeah. your oh, confidence or thank you for, I think that's a really important thing to keep continuing to having, to have discussions like this and to yeah. keep, you know, keep it moving. And we will have so many, so many more. So many more. I, Jonna, thank you so much. Absolutely. This was so much fun. It's been such a pleasure. Right? Yeah. It's been fun. Um, everyone, please check out curvy underscore Capone. Yep. Um, on Instagram and all the other fun stuff. Check out her modeling. Check out her theater. Check out everything. Check it all out. Check it's it all there. Out, guys. Donna, <laughs> <laughs> right. we will talk to you soon. Sounds great. All right, bye. Amazing. What a delight. So much fun. Uh, everyone, please follow us on all the social medias at Zach Miko, Z-A-C-H-M-I-K-O, at Facebook.com slash BigThingsPod, at our website, BigThingsPod.com. I love you all so much. Have a happy and safe St. Patrick's Day um, from my people to yours. I hope you guys have a grand old time. And until next week, remember to go out in the world and do big things. Big things.